The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Welcome to a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a Breath of Fresh Air. Let's hear it for the Ark of the Covenant! Before you, Lord. Woo! Oh, man. Thank you. Look at him. He's making a fool of himself. What is he even doing? Thank you, Lord. The Ark of the Covenant is back. Yes, yes. Put it right over there. Oh, thank God. Yes, I built a tabernacle just for the Ark. Now let's offer burnt sacrifices before the Lord. Oh, God, thank you. You are awesome. Yes! Look at him, making a fool of himself. This is not the way a king should act, let alone a married one. Ladies and gentlemen, also I've prepared a treat for you all. We have a cake of bread, a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine for each and every person in attendance. Now let us all depart because I have to go home to bless my household as well. My Carl, honey, oh, today was such a blessing. How glorious was the king of Israel today, exposing himself in the sight of all the servant girls, half naked, just like any vulgar fellow would. It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his household when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. So I will celebrate before the Lord. I will even become, I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes before the Lord. But when it comes to these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. We as human beings fall into the trap of thinking that we can help God. Sometimes our best intentions fall short of God's commands. In this episode, we are discussing 2 Samuel chapter 6. David had a grand plan to bring the Ark of the Covenant to the capital city. However, things did not go as originally planned. As always, be blessed and enjoy. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of a Breath of Fresh Air podcast. My name is Nikaz Gay. I'm Earl Roberts, and this week we again have our special guest Dominic McFall. Hello, hello, hello. You know the triple hello, <laughs> the trademark. And I feel like it's pretty fitting up, Dominic. Yeah, like this is episode ninety nine. Mm. Wow, one before the the century mark. Wow. And so, like Dominic has probably been the guest we've had on the podcast the most. He's a really good friend of us. We all grew up in the Bahamas, and yeah, so it's just it's it's really fitting. It's really fitting. Um, 
Before we even get into everything else, like definitely like, subscribe, share with a friend. We definitely appreciate it. We definitely are trying to grow now. We're going to be a little bit more um, direct with that. Actually start devoting some more efforts towards that, that, that goal. Um, so we definitely appreciate all the support. We're going to talk more about that next week. I mean, it's, it's so close to the 100th episode now. It's like you might as well just wait. You might as well just wait to do all the thank yous and the, and the uh, votes of thanks, I guess. So, yeah. And then for weekly thought, I was thinking this week, man, about hope and the importance of hope. Like, I know sometimes, like, one of the devil's main, main weapons he uses against us Christian and it's against people of the world is just discouragement. And it's, and it's, so, it's so funny because, like, when you're discouraged, you're, you're at a vulnerable point. You're, you start questioning God. You start, you start, like, being in a place of disbelief. And when you're at that point, it's just easy to, again, lose hope. And so, like, I mean, some people, like, if you ever had, you look at your bank account, you're like, man, I have such big plans, but I have not even a budget. I have no budget because my bank account's looking pretty shabby. If you go to work and you're like, man, it's a dead-end job. I have no hope. I don't know where I'm going to go. And it's so interesting because, like, God tells us, Jesus tells us in the Bible, in, in, in 1 Peter, you know, cast all your cares upon him. He's telling you to bring your hopeless situations, bring where you're at in life and find hope in him. Like God, God, God himself is our hope. He is our guide. He is our rock. He is our strength. He is our refuge. He is the one we can depend on. He is the one we can lean on. And so, I mean, especially in the world today, you see there's wars happening. We're still in the midst of a pandemic, even though, you know, some people... We're not like how it was in 2020, but we're definitely still in the midst of pandemic. We have literal wars happening right now. We have escalations of other things that might happen. Other things like the devil is sending so much attacks against the world. I'd say that it's easy or easier to lose hope in today's time. But I definitely want to encourage everyone to like during these times, like don't lose hope. Because that's like the easy thing to do. The easy thing is to lose hope. But definitely like... Get closer to God. Read the Bible more. Talk to a friend more. And even reach out to your friends because you never know what your friends and family and loved ones are going through. So definitely be that light. Be that salt to the earth. Be that person who can spread not only love, joy, but also spread hope. Because God uses us as instruments to spread his hope, spread his love, spread his joy, spread his peace. Tell others about him and be that light. So, I mean, I'm sure Kazi and Dominic probably have stuff they can add to that. But yeah, that's my little, that's my little piece. Amen. Um, so just when I was on the way over here, I was thinking about, I don't know if you remember, it was this pastor um, at um, Palmas Chapel. He was a Spanish guy, and he was very funny. I remember. Right. I, I think about his sermon all the time because he was talking about hope. Really? Yes. And he had Holy this. Holy Spirit, right there. For real. Yeah. And I just thought about this on the way here today, bro, because he was talking about how you could be on a job. And you could hate your job. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you could be on a job. You could hate your job. And it's like, bro, you just can't wait to quit. But if someone was to be able to convince you truthfully that um, if you stay here for another year, you're going to get a million dollars salary for the end of, uh, um, per year. If someone, if that was the truth, right? And they were to tell you, bro, I'm going to quadruple however, however much time it takes to get to a million dollars. That's going to be your sal salary. Just stick with me for one year, bro. That same job you hate, start to love it. Everybody who piss you off, you just smiling at them. You know what I mean? Like, like you're not even that bad. Like, you're willing to tolerate so much more because you have hope 
that there is a reward at the end at the end of this. So you can endure, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that's kind of salvation. That's salvation. We li- we Earth is like a dead end job. That's that's Earth. This is ghetto. You know what I'm saying? Like when we compare it to heaven and the, and the promises that God has for us, right? But God is saying that you know, once you are saved, the gift of God is eternal life, right? Is going to heaven, you know what I'm saying? Is getting to see God and getting to be perfect and be renewed. Once you understand that pro- promise and you accept that promise, you have hope. So now we don't live we don't live life on earth as if there's nothing else for us. You feel me? And and it's like once you are like when you have that mindset and that demeanor, the troubles that we go through, they don't impact us as much. You know what I'm saying? They don't they don't have that much of. Uh, uh, they don't stress. They don't put that much stress and anxiety on us. It's still troubles that we're gonna go through, you know. But we understand that our reward is in heaven. So when we lose people, you know, when we hit hard times, when all of these things happen, we understand this is only a temporary um, situation that we're in. But you know, in heaven, you know, God is gonna take away all of our sorrows and and agony and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. my two cents. Nah, I I was thinking about something really similar is not it wasn't quite hope but it's very hope adjacent right and i i was scrolling on i was scrolling on one of these um social media websites and it was like i saw a picture that was you know if i had the faith of just one of these and it was a picture of a mustard seed mm-hmm. and it it really like seeing that picture put into perspective exactly how big a mustard seed is mm-hmm. you know it was like a it was like a tiny glass vial and it was just like a little speck. That seed was a little speck in that glass vial. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. And I was just like, wow. If you look at the size of the, the, the vial compared to the, the finger and then the, the, the seed compared to the vial, it's just like you realize just how much faith we don't have. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. If only the faith the size of a mustard seed could move a mountain. That's crazy. And... I ain't entirely sure. Right, and I move no mountain yet. I, I ain't entirely sure. I have seen a mountain be moved in my lifetime. Right. You understand what I'm saying? But at the same time, um, let's 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 not uh, let's not take away from the the metaphorical mountains that have yeah. been moved for us. Yeah. And even yeah. even though we don't show the faith all the time to God, God has always been faithful to us, mm. and that's evidence in the fact that we are here right now having this conversation. To our listeners, it's evidence in the fact that you are right here listening to what we have to say. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody to just continue having faith, you know. And I I, I say it's 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 really it's really adjacent to hope because these things go hand in hand. You Mm -hmm. know what I say? You can't you can't have faith without like faith brings hope is is uh, where I'm going to end on. I agree. I mean, just before I know we're about to transition, but just to like say the definitions, like hope is more so of believing for the things like an uncertain outcome, and faith is more the belief in things you can't see. Mm. And so, when you have faith, you believe something is going to happen, and hope is that 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 expectation and that desire. So, some would argue faith begets hope. Like you gotta have the faith first, and then you can have the hope. Right. It says the evidence of things hoped. Mm-hmm. For you know what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. wait, faith is the substance of things hoped for, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's the substance of that hope, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so well, we're still in the story of David. Last episode, we said you know 
David is king over Israel, but at the end there, at the end, we kind of brushed over something that we're going to revisit. And it's just, it's just more so symbolism. It's something that I feel that's important enough to go back to chapter five. What's chapter five, right? Because we've been chapter six now. Yeah. And so it was chapter five. And just to go back and just talk about some more. And it was, it was a symbology of when David pretty much put on the linen ephod. And so I'm going to let Kazi kick it off while I actually pull it up on my... Yeah, so basically, <laughs> all right. So on the last episode, we talk about how David is now officially king, right? Ishbosheth was murdered in his sleep by some traitors. You know, David did not reward their treachery, you know, but he ended up becoming king of Israel. Now, one of his first conquests was to rid Jerusalem of the Jebusites. And that's something that, as I mentioned, we kind of brushed over, but that is a very pivotal part of the story because when most of us, uh, most Christians, they know Jesus. They know about the Gospels and stuff like that. And Jerusalem is a key city in all of this. But now is the this is the first time Jerusalem is becoming Jerusalem as we know as we know. And so before that, obviously, um, when Joshua and the Israelites, when they came into the land of Canaan, they conquered all of Canaan. They didn't rid people out of the land. And so some places in Canaan were being captured and they were kind of ping-ponging. Sometimes the Israelite um, dominate this area. Sometimes it belongs to the Canaanites. Last, as of last chapter, David um, rid the city of the Jebusites and he named the city the City of David. And so even to this day, Jerusalem, the city of David as we know it, that the, this, this historically happened in 2 um, Samuel chapter 5, which we went over last, um, last chapter. And so David is on, on, on a good path to establishing his kingdom, establishing Israel as a united nation under God. You feel me? The same thing that Saul was supposed to do, the same thing that kind of, it's kind of Samuel-esque because when Samuel became a judge, his, he, he was trying to get people to stop worshiping idols. You know, the Ark of the Covenant had been restored, all of that stuff. And we see David following very similar footprints with that. So. Yeah, so I mean, so now we look at it, right? So if you go back in Genesis 14. So Genesis 14 was the first time we ever heard of a person with Chiseldeck. And I can't remember which episode we talked about this in. So this is way back. This is Genesis. Yeah. It was like. It might have been like episode time. 10 or something. Yeah. I feel like he came up a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did. He did. <laughs> he did. So now, so, but, but the reason why Melchizedek was so important and such a mystery in Genesis is because Melchizedek was, this was the time of Abraham, just for people to context. Uh, Abraham and Jesse, I think they just got locked back and they were fighting against some heathen country. Solomon, um, Sodom, Sodom. The, the kings of Sodom yeah. was, were, were captured by... Lot, like a lot of them was captured by the kings of Sodom. No, Lot and he was a part of he was he was a part of the Sodomites who were all captured by other kings. Yeah. Right? So it was like five kings were captured by four kings, or maybe four captured by five, something like that. It was a war among kings, and the, all of the people of Sodom as well as Lot were being captured because right. they had lost. You know. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then so Melchizedek came, and he was the thing is he was a king, but he was also a high priest of the most true God. And of what was, city? Salem. Salem. And this and this is the same city because the city just got renamed and it's going to be Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But it was he was the king of the same city. And so Melchizedek was a high priest who worshipped the most true God, but was also a king. And Salem at that time, what does it mean? The city of peace, something like that. Yeah. So it was it was just interesting because he was a king, but he was also a high priest. He was a kingly priest. And this is the first of this type that we see. And now we see David, who is also a king in Jerusalem, 
Yeah, city of peace. City of peace. So we had this. We had this king who was a high priest who was also king of the king of peace. It was was kind of crazy. He was like the king of peace, quite literally. And he was also a high priest. Not to get tongue twisted up in that. I ain't a rapper. Or, or, king or of peace. That's, that's, but he was the king of priests. He was the king of priests. <laughs> that's Kasi Bag over there. But, so now, so now we saw the establishment of a type. And now we get to David now, who is a king. Who was just a king, but now we see him. Do, he was in charge of this service. And he put on a linen ephod time, kind of representing, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in charge of the, of the people of Israel. So now we see a king kind of representing a priest at the same time. So now we're seeing this and in the same city, Jerusalem. So now we're seeing this type come back and getting solidified again. And we also know David was, again, kind of exemplifying this type. He was a kingly priest, well, a, yeah, kingly priest who was going to like, you know, represent and be in charge of his people in the city of peace. And so, I mean, if you read down in Hebrews 7, I believe, is where, you, is where they kind of talk about, we're trying to show the relationship between Machizeldech being a kingly priest in the king of Salem, which means king of priests. I think they said in Hebrews 7 again. Also talks about David a little bit. Also tried to show how Jesus, foreshadowing to Jesus, who was coming from the line of the tribe of Judah, who was also David, was from the tribe of Judah. Jesus is coming from the line of David. You know what I'm supposed to do? I was supposed to do research the family tree and get the names, but I can do it for a different episode. Mm. But but, let me tell you something real quick go before for we get into the story. So... <laughs> You see, you, you mentioned Hebrews. They were talking about how Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek, right? Mm-hmm. And David is the link, is like the, the centerpiece between those two. So Jesus is the priest king that comes after David, and Melchizedek is the one that come before David. Mm-hmm. If you go to Psalms 110, mm-hmm. verse 3, um, thy people... Sh- um, this is so just trying to weave some psalms in there, like how we were saying, right? Exactly. And this is David writing, mm-hmm. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauty of the holiness from the womb of the morning. Thou hast the dew of thy young. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. So he's saying, The Lord has promised me and is not going back on his promise. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. You understand? And so David, David, God promised David. That the Messiah is coming through his line and will be a priest in the same way Melchizedek was a priest, mm-hmm. right? But Melchizedek was a priest and a king. Wow. So David is a king after God's own heart that, that does things in a manner of a priest. And then we have one other guy that comes later on named Jesus, who was quite literally the king and quite literally our high priest. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, uh, this is a type meaning anti-type. That's what theologians call these things. A type meaning this is something that God put in place to foreshadow to Jesus in the New Testament. You know, so Melchizedek is a, and David are both types for Jesus, who was priest king. And so David, out of all the cities in Canaan, David establishing the the center, the headquarters to be in Jerusalem. On the top of this mountain, the same mountain that Abraham gave a tithe to Melchizedek, who's the priest king, mm-hmm. this in the same city, Jerusalem, um, however, hundreds of years in between. These are both foreshadowing. 800, 800 years. <laughs> Thanks for that. 800 years in between. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> these are both, these are all foreshadowing for what Jesus is, is coming to do. Because his face just now was like, wow, you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He had that on. <laughs> I was, I was like, like, yeah, wow. season, all right, too. You know? 
by, by my calculations. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. Who needs calculations when you got her? Right, for real. But see, but this is my thing though. Like the Bible is so powerful, bro. Like what are the what are the odds, bro? Out of all the cities, bro, why mm-hmm. are you going to Jerusalem? Why are you also a priest king just like Melchizedek? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, like like to me, it's a it's a complete book. You know what I'm saying? And it's very much connected. And so last chapter, bringing into this chapter, very important historical parts of the Bible. These are these are parts of the Bible where we we have to understand this this information because it it will be important um, in the future. And it's important to point out some of these things, too, because, again, when you're reading the Bible, just like how we did in the last episode, to our, like, our fault. But it's like sometimes you just, like, get so caught up in what you're reading that you just pass over some of the little mini nuances, you know what I'm saying? Because it might seem that it's not significant in the grand scheme of things, but you might be, but when you, when you cycle back, you're like, whoa, that was almost the most important part. Right. But that's, that's the beautiful thing about the Bible, right? Because there's always something... There's always something in there, like it's small little, small little details, and it's in the small little details that you see, that you see God. You understand what I'm saying? Definitely. So now we are in uh, actually going to start this week's episode in chapter six, Second Samuel chapter six, and you guys kind of got the recap in us talking about Melchizedek, but just to like say it more plainly, now David is king over. All of Israel. He has united Israel. All 12 tribes are united under him. There's no more people following Saul's son, Ishbosheth, and some following David. David is king over all, all of Israel. And so now, picking up in chapter 6, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. So we see this, David called 30,000 men together and i guess when the king calls you you, 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 kinda, you, go. you got to come you kind of answer when the king calls you <laughs> and david arose and went with all the people who were who were with him from baal judah to bring up the ark of god whose name is called by the name the lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim so again just for recap so we go back to first samuel and this is when you know, Eli's sons, they were losing the battle. Mm. You know, Eli was blind. His sons were wicked. Mm. God already put a curse on them, telling them, y'all going, the whole line of Eli will be wiped out, Jeez. completely blotted from the earth. Mm. And so they were losing the battle, and someone had the bright idea, you know you know why we losing this battle? You know why we losing? Because the ark ain't with us. Let's bring the ark. Surely if we bring the ark of the covenant out here, we will win this battle. And so... Someone with their very bright idea. They brought the Ark of Covenant with them to war. They were treating it almost like an idol. They weren't respecting and reverencing it for what it was. It was literally God's presence dwelling amongst the Israelites. So they brought the Ark to war, and the Philistines utterly destroyed them and took the Ark as captive. And you know, again, check out our episode. I forgot which one that was. Probably will link it someplace in the YouTube chat. But... The Philistines got cursed. They, they, <laughs> they put the ark in the temple of Dagon and Dagon fell down. They say, huh, had to be a fluke. Mm-hmm. They put the Dagon back up. When they came the next month, Dagon was shattered in pieces. They mm-hmm. say, hold on. So now, then they started to play like hot potato amongst the Philistine mm-hmm. the cities. Because they're like, we don't want it. Right. We don't want it. And the people started to get inflicted by tumors. They started to get afflicted by a plague of rats. And it's like, you know what? Maybe we all would be better if we just send it back to the Israelites. Mm. So they put it on a cart. And the reason I'm putting this, saying this is because it's actually going to be kind of relevant. They, they, the Philistines put the ark on a cart. And they got two new 
oxen, but two new young oxen with a with a brand new yoke. And they said, you know what? We don't want it amongst our place, amongst our people. We'll put some gifts of gold and other stuff to mount on the ark just as a sacrifice to atone for our sins, whatever we do. And we are going to let this, however it makes its way back to the Israelites, just go. And God guided the ark back to the Israelites. Well, he guided the oxen to guide the ark back to the Israelites. So the Philistines sent the ark back on a cart to Israel. But it never made it back into the heart of Israel, per se. It just made it to Abendadab's house. I think that's, where, that, that's what his name was. I guess we'll get to that soon. Abendadab's house. And so the ark has been there ever since. Ever since. So now we see David. So think about it. It's been there through the rest of the reign of Saul. Samuel. 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 All of Saul, like Saul didn't make no efforts to try to bring it into the city. And now we see David, who was, you know, first had to be in solitude, then had to just rule over Hebron. Now he's king of all of Israel. Now David's saying, okay, since I have the people united, let me bring back really and truly our prized possession back into the heart of the city that I'm setting up. So now this is why David say, let's bring the ark where it should be. It should be in the heart of the city amongst the people. Let's bring the presence of God Back in the midst of the Israelites. So that's where we're at now. So just to go on a little tangent. Go for about it. That. First Samuel chapter 7. That's kind of uh, where it talks about the ark going to Abinadab's house. You know? Mm-hmm. In Kiriath-Jerim. That's that's <laughs> where his house was. Welcome to saying the names. Yep. <laughs> in Kiriath-Jerim. Anyway. And, and it says that it was brought... It, and, and, and they brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eliezer, his son, to keep the ark. Okay? So it's in Abinadab's house. His son Eliezer is keeping the house, keeping the ark. And it came to pass while the ark aboard in Kirjath-Jerim that the time was long for it was 20 years and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. So, and this is something that has been perplexing me for a few episodes now. How long could Saul's reign have been? Because this happened during the reign of Samuel, or maybe even before the reign of Samuel. This happened after Eli and his sons was killed. You understand what I'm saying? This was around the same time. And the Bible says that it was only in his house for 20 years. Mm -hmm. This leads me to believe for 20 years, Samuel did some stuff. Saul reigned. And we know David has already reigned seven years at the time and they get the ark back. Mm. You understand? So that's telling me for 13 years, bro. Less than 13. Yeah, 13 or less. Yeah, less than 13 years was Saul's reign in some capacity. That's that's the little reverse engineering I'm trying to do. I ain't mapped it all the way out. So if y'all listening and y'all have a little more insight for me, please share. You know, because I've been wondering how old was this one Saul? Because in the new uh, in the new international version, they they claim that Saul reigned for forty two years. Forty two. Forty two years. Yeah, that's not true. Right, but it's not in the King James version. It's not in a lot of versions. You know. As a matter of fact, that same text, I think it was like uh, 1 Samuel 14, um, King James says one year. You know what I'm saying? And it's like in the first year, but then but then they translate it to say he reigned for 42 years. 
Anyway, I ain't even here to argue about which one is <laughs> That's correct. That's episode of a different yeah, day. Right, yeah. You know what I'm we saying? Still like, gotta talk about, we still got to talk about. We should. We actually should do an episode on that. But oh, like different translations. To the yeah, Bible, different right? translations. I think we are, I think it's worth just for like knowledge purposes. Just have a discussion on it. Yeah. But on a historical calendar, I see it says that Saul reigned for like 16 years, mm. and so it's it's crazy because in the Bible you would think he it just feels like his reign is long. Like me and Kaz was talking off pod, and I, it's crazy. Like there's only. I think Dominic might, this could kind of may shake Dominic for a loop. It's only 85 years between when Samuel died and when David started reigning. Samson. Samson. When Samson died. When Samson died. So think about all the stuff that happened between Samson's death in the Philistines and David's reign. <laughs> yeah, the whole civil war. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, but I, but I mean, I was telling Kaza too, it was like, well, when you think about it, we had World War One in modern times, World War One and World War Two. In less than fifty years. That's true. Like a lot. That eighty-five years is a, a solid. It's a solid lifetime, and yeah. a lot can happen in somebody's lifetime. Yes. But it's like when you're reading the Bible, you're like, bro, Samson was in Judges. Right. We didn't have Ruth. Right. We didn't have First and Voice second. Samuel. Right. We didn't watch. We didn't watch Samuel grow up. Right. Now that's that's one thing about how, about reading the Bible because sometimes you 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 would almost think that these stories are running concurrent, uh, like conse- yeah, consecutively yeah. versus some of these things happening concurrently, yes. happening overlapping. Right. Because mm-hmm. we already know that Ruth is the grandmother Mother of, of David. David, mm-hmm. grandmother of David's. Father. Oh yeah, yeah, I did, I yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Great grandmother. Great grandmother. So Ruth is Jesse's grandmother, mm-hmm. and Jesse, being David's father, he he have to be all. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like so, th- these these things happening at different points in time, just because one book come after the other or come before another, it don't necessarily mean. Um, that this like it, you have to really be careful of how you think about the timelines because of it. But what get me is right. It really just again. I know we still on our tangent, right? But Saul just gone outside because you wasn't even reading for that long, bro. If you was reading for forty two years, probably give you a little bit more slack, bro. You wow. was reading only for sixteen, yeah. and, and half he, of that time was trying to kill David. That that is that crazy sucks, to me. Bro. You spent half of your time trying to secure the throne <laughs> instead of actually taking care of business. That so, just, how old was David when he killed Goliath? See, that's what we don't know. He was like, he, he was like a little teenager, bro. He yeah. had to be a a, a teenager. Right. I mean, think of, I mean, I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. Before, okay, so David is now thirty. 30. Well, is he thirty-seven? No, he well. Oh, he's thirty when he ruled all of all of when Israel. he ruled all of Israel. Well, he was he was thirty, and he was and he was ruling for seven years by that point. And so the thing about that is. The Ark of the Covenant. Oops. Anyway, so the thing about that is, they received the Ark of the Covenant. Um, had the Ark of the Covenant since David was ten. He was twenty-three when he when he when he ruled. Um, what's it called? What that thing called now? Judah, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Because seven years he ruled after seven years he was thirty when he ruled everything. Mm-hmm. So between ten and twenty-three is when he killed Goliath, right? Correct. And so. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to back into that, bro. Because like, the thing is, like, you gotta remember, they, the reason why David was in the field with the sheep was because he was the youngest, and they didn't respect him coming around. That's what come even when the older brothers saw him come around to kill, like when the David and Goliath story. That's why they was kind of like, bro, why are you even here? But this is a war zone. This ain't no place for the kid. kids. Kids, yeah. Yeah. To, to lack of a better word, like you, you too young to be out here. And I would imagine, and this is just me speculating here. He would have to be. I, I would imagine he would have been more prepubescent than teenager, mm. and 
I say that because break it down for our people. What would that first word mean, but just yeah, that does he mean little piece? <laughs> <laughs> say hold on, I'm trying just, to recover from that. We just we just scroll past. That. <laughs> he he would it would have been more adolescent, more like. Why are you going with that more, one first? <laughs> that was the first word to come out of my mind. All right, I apologize, but he would have been a, he would have been more like preteen versus teenager because. And I I speculating because I I imagine in those times the idea of becoming a man and becoming an adult is a little bit different. The, the, than, only, the only pushback I have from that is that after David killed the Philistine uh, Goliath, he gone on a campaign and kill a bunch, and he gone on, on a bunch of wars. He was a made man then, though. As a boy, though, you going on all them on all them. But campaigns. again, what is what and is then after? You get, and then you get, yeah, that's that, see, that's another thing. So too. We, we, we after, but, the, but my thing is like, bro, you just killed Goliath. At that point, you was a made man. That's true. You're not sure what you could do. It's like, I, 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 I understand your point, but yeah. it's like you just killed what no one else in Israel, even the king, was scared to do. So you can't fix your mouth to say you ain't going to war no more. You are our champion. And people sure. can rally behind you, regardless. If you if you ten, twelve, or twenty four, it don't matter because you 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 did what no one else had the courage to do. All right, yeah, let's get back on track. So, <laughs> so in in verse three of Samuel, first second Samuel chapter six, so they set the ark of they set the ark of God on a new cart. So now context again, we see Israelites, God's chosen people, set the ark of the covenant on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on a hill, and Uzzah and Ohio, 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 I know, Ohio, I don't know, Ohio, Ohio. there you go, <laughs> the sons of Abinadab drove the new cart, and they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on a hill, accompanying the ark of God, right. and Ohio went before the ark. Then David and all of the house of Israel played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments of fir wood, on harps, on string instruments, on tambourines, on sistrums, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, and boy, we, we, we got quite acquainted with threshing floors. Yeah, and, yeah. And during too much good, much good really is happening on them threshing floors, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the only good really happened is when Boaz was sleeping yeah. on the threshing floor. <laughs> so when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Mm. Then the anger of the Lord aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him there for his error, and he died there by the ark of God. I just I just pause, I got some pivotal point. Mm-hmm. Now, Why he strike his honor? Because I was about to, I was about. Why he to, take his honor? I mean, Why you I was about to say right because right here I read, I read along in the New International Version, right? And the New International Version says um, that he, uh, the Lord, the Lord's anger burned against Uzza because of his irreverent act, and I was mm. like, was it irreverent? Mm. You understand what I'm saying, like. Was he being? Was he? Was he disrespecting the Lord and trying to? I I think it was irreverent. And 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 why you think so? Because if God says, okay, so basically, the ark is like literally the holiest thing in earth right now. This is a representation of heaven and where 
where God see, God God see, dwells here. Right. So God. So basically, the chapter start off by saying where God dwell in like a heavenly sense, like between the cherubim. And mm-hmm. if you remember how they construct the ark, they construct the ark with cherubims, all type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So this is like literally a, a holy instrument of God, right? Mm-hmm. God say don't touch it. So basically, God might God could have break it down and say we ain't holy enough to touch it. Only this and not can touch it. Blah 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 blah. He said don't touch it. He said Levites only should touch it, right? It start to it start to stumble as I touch it. If the holy command is don't touch it and you touch it, does the circumstance matter? So like to me, based on that, irreverent. That, so that's how that's why I would say that. See, and I I I was coming I was coming at it and I was like, because I was thinking about this and I was like, listen, if I doing something, right? First and foremost, if God has need of my assistance mm-hmm. god will tell me i need you to do this for me right who am i to presume that i i have the power the capacity in and of myself to help god mm. you understand what i'm saying that's true so that's that's that that's that's the first point that i came across it was just like why why do i feel like i have the i have the authority the capacity to say oh god god like Almost as if God ain't here right now. Let me, you know, tip this up in his absence because he ain't watching real quick. You understand what I'm saying? So it's just is that that was the first thing that came to my mind. But the second thing was like, if if he is, you know, like even even if he is doing this with all of the best intention, um, is like, do we is it, it goes back to what you were saying just now? Like, is is our best intention like enough? You know what I mean? Like, can does 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 our intention mean anything compared to what God has instructed and what God has commanded? Obedience is better than sacrifice. That's, that's and that's true. The, that's, and, and and let's think about the Philistines' intentions. Their intention was to give a peace offering to God and return this ark. And was that not enough? It was enough. You understand what I'm saying? But that was a different. It's a it's a difference, right? Mm-hmm. So intention ain't the ain't ain't the question. You understand what I'm saying? It's 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 our demeanor and how we approach what God telling us to do. That's the that's the thing. So if God tell you, bro, do this in this way, right? And you say I could do it in a different way because I feel like it's better. Mm-hmm. I intend on helping God to achieve the goal that He asked me to do. I'm just doing it my way. Does does that make it right? You know what I'm saying? Is that what God should accept? And at the end of the day, we we if we go back, even even going back as far as Cain and Abel, right? God demanded a sacrifice, but He demanded a specific type of sacrifice. Cain was like, "Man, I gonna do what I th- what I think, mm-hmm. you know. I gonna give the best that I think, you know. I gonna do what I want to do, not doing what God told him to do. It's not that Cain didn't give." A good sacrifice. His ten percent. Right. He didn't. He 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 give. He give. You understand what I'm saying? But he didn't do it the way that God said. He he heard what God said, but he didn't listen. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's a really important thing. Like hearing hearing the word and doing it is is they have to go together. Exactly. Bro, you you want, wasting your time, my body. Go my for it, go for you it, go wasting it. your time, bro. Helping God in any way. That he that goes against the way he asks you to do. You have to disobey. had to disobey God to help God. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's a conundrum now. If you was just being obedient, 
you would have let the arc fall or, or however. You know what I mean? But I know, I know you were, you had a, you had a, a good point of my. Yeah, well, so even to get to that, just to give the audience more context. So if you go back to Numbers chapter four and chapter seven, so Numbers four fifteen, and Aaron and his sons have furnished the covering of the sanctuary with all the furnishings of the sanctuary. When the camp is set to go, the sons of Koath shall come and carry them, but they shall not touch anything holy, lest they die. Mm. They knew this. Mm-hmm. They not to touch anything holy, unless they die. These are the things of the tabernacle of meaning, which the sons of Koath are to carry. So we see that the sons of Koath are supposed to carry the holy things, but they're not supposed to touch them until they die. So, so again, this kind of conundrum. How are you supposed to carry these things? You're not supposed to touch them unless you're going to die. So you fast forward to number 17. I mean, number 7, seven yeah. verse 19. No, verse 9, my bad. But Moses did not give anything to the Koites because they were to carry on their shoulders the holy things for which they were responsible. Mm. So now you see the Koites were supposed to carry the holy things on their shoulders. And you might ask, why is it supposed to carry it? Why is it specifically supposed to carry it? So the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant was supposed to not only just represent God, but they were supposed to carry it to represent the burden that God had by bearing all of our sins. So this God said, you're not supposed to carry it in a cart. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to touch it really because the Ark of the Covenant had some, I guess I forgot what the rods were made of, but they were made of some wooden rods that mm-hmm. actually pulled through the holes that were attached to the Ark of the Covenant. And so they actually can lift it up on their shoulders and the ark would be transported between the Kohites as they move from place to place. When, when Moses told them to go into the, was it Moses or Joshua? I forget which one at this point, so forgive me. But when they were supposed to go in the water, they carried the ark of the covenant before them into the water. And they were looking around like, are we really going to, I think it was Joshua. Yeah, it was Joshua. Joshua. Yeah, yeah. When, they, when, they, when they was crossing the river and they, and they went in about waist deep with the ark of the covenant on their shoulders and then the water, the river parted. departed. So it was, it was, it was God put that symbolism there to know that, hey, this is why you're supposed to carry the ark. So step one, right out the gate, the ark was never supposed to be on a cart. It was never, ever supposed to be on a cart. And Dominic and Kasi brought up the Philistines too, but you got to realize, to Kasi's point, the Philistines didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. They was literally doing the best they could off of the information they were provided, which they didn't they didn't have the word of God. The Israelites at this time weren't in an evangel- evangelical mode. They right, weren't yeah. really they were, prophesying about the enemies God. too. Yeah, they, were, they were sworn enemies. They just was like, our God is better than y'all. We ain't care, but y'all, we ain't trying to prophesy to y'all. Mm-hmm. We just don't like y'all. So it wasn't no evangelical, nothing happening. So the Philistines, to their knowledge, they just knew, yo, their God is cursing us. We just need to do something to one, give them back this thing. We know it's supposed to represent their God. And think about the Philistines. Remember, they were treating the ark holy, you know, because they put the ark in their holy temple. But again, you're, you're, you're putting the ark of the one true high God in a temple to a fish thingy, yeah. Yeah. A, fish, fi- a, a fake God. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, the first Akamon. Yeah. <laughs> so, so God was like, no, this, this, doesn't, this doesn't cut it. But then the, 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 but then the Philistines say, you know what? Something right there, God's curses, let's send it back to them. And we, going, we don't want to touch it because... This done, this thing not affecting us with boils and tumors and rats. So we just gonna put it on a cart and we're gonna send it back to them. That's the best we could do. And God honored their effort. Honored the efforts. But nah, guess what? Y'all are my chosen people. Mm. And the thing is, the, so let's just give Uza, Uza, and Ahil the benefit of the doubt. Say they didn't know. The reason why he still died was because even if you didn't know, you had the access to the information. To know. And this my thing, bro. I'm glad you brought up the shoulder the, the shoulder thing. Because this was perplexing me. 
because Abinadab is the father. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It was out of Benadab's house for 20 years. Two decades, two full decades. Eleazar, who was a Benadab's son, was taking care of it. So my thing is, if Ohio and Uzzah was in that same house, which I believe they were, but I, we can't prove for sure, but I believe they were. They, they should sh- know. They should know. They should be quite familiar with this ark because for the past 20 years, it they was. have been... They would have been intimately close to the ark. And guess what? Abinadab's house was blessed, blessed because right because he held the ark. And everybody knows that. You know what I'm saying? And so my thing is, you all, when it came to your father's house, it had to have come the right way. To get it onto the, the cart, you had to have put it on your shoulder. You understand? You're, you're transporting this thing. At, at what point in time do you all feel like, hmm, Maybe we should do this the way God want to do instead of us trying to be slick or we can just put it on a cart. They, it's like they follow the Philistine model and hope for success. Mm. And so you can see why this, this came and blew up in, in their face mm. because they were, going, they were doing everything in their power not to follow God's command because they had to put it on their shoulder to get it on the cart. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? So it's like we know what to do. Our way just better. God ain't making no sense. I, I, I can find a more efficient way to get this here. Because I could imagine somebody saying, mm, this, this, this thing heavy. Mm-hmm. And we got to carry it down the hill. And we got to carry it down this hill. Right. And it go, it got to go, it got to go all the way to, listen. We got to come up the hill first. We can just say someone <laughs> have to do that. So, but, th- but this is my thing. I could, I could hear somebody just being like, man, there, there's, there's a better way to do this. You know what I mean? But, but let me tell you, let me tell you the dangers, bro, of being presumptuous, bro. God's, God's word and his instructions ain't at the forefront of your mind when you're doing things your own way. Because if Uzzah had the chance to really think about what he was doing, he wouldn't have catched that with his hand. He I, might have tried to catch that with his shoulder or something or just let it fall. You understand what I'm and saying? And the funny thing is Uzzah means strength too. I mean, <laughs> we just we know words have meanings, but Uzzah means strength. That's crazy. And so think about, I mean, just no idea how this guy looks. But think about him. This falling... I for sure could, could catch, catch this. It. Yeah, that's why I'm in the back too, just to make sure everything, everything solid. My brother leading the way, but I'm making sure everything on par. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I thinking, I thinking about this right, and I'm just like, yo, if you have any faith, going back to this faith, if you have any faith in God whatsoever, your first thought shouldn't be, well, let me. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? If you starting to say, let me, because I could, I, I also could see, listen, if something, if you have something on, on the table in front of you Earl, and it, and just roll off and you, your first, it's a reflex mm-hmm. that you could, you could try and reach out and grab it. Yeah. But I mean, like this might be like Hosea 5, 9, I might get it wrong, but my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Because it might, because my thing is, here's the thing. Again, that's why going back to like, even though you didn't know, you should have know. Because let's just say, for some reason, I know Kazi already shoot this down right, but let's say he didn't know. My people perish for a lack of knowledge because guess what? You should have known. And just because you didn't know what you should have known, you will die. Your life depends on this knowledge. Exactly. Yep. See, but let's think about how probable 
It was that you are. We are sending two people. No, who I guess nothing about this ark. I guess to carry such an important vessel. <laughs> two people who've been living in the house with the ark, right? with the ark for the last twenty years. And before the twenty years, the ark was only sitting here because people was looking at the ark, touching the ark, and getting and killed. Died. And the people before them was getting tumors, rats, all type of boils, right? So in my mind, I'm just like, okay, what is the possibility that we have these two sons of mine that was living two doors down from this ark, and they? so unaware, they do not know how important and how severe the poor, the problem is for this arc, with this arc, you know? And to get in the benefit of the doubt, your life depend on knowing, on knowing that. Quite literally. Yeah. And I, wanna, I, I wanted to say one, one other thing as we, was, as we was talking about this arc, right? And I feel like and I, maybe, maybe, this is, maybe this is a little bit of presumption on my part, but I feel like don't fall into the trap. Yeah, don't be like, also, bro, you just don't just want to I ain't gonna touch that, I promise. But listen, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, like I think, in, I, I, could bring, I could bring this back to, I think about like, I know y'all watched this, Veggie Tales, right? I didn't, but continue. <laughs> I did. Earl, come the on. The song playing in my head, boy. There was a particular episode on Veggie Tales, and this is the, this is the dangerous thing about about um these about these Cockles. uh these cockroaches. I know and stuff. what he's talking about already. Mm. There was there, there was one about uh it was Minnesota Cuke, right? <laughs> it's like it's like Indiana Jones type of thing. Okay. And he going this 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 dude going and he looking for all these uh, 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 artifacts, artifacts, you know, Samson's hairbrush and Noah's umbrella. You okay. understand what I'm saying? Okay. But I, 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 I got a point. I promise. They, he going, he going to these and looking for these things because you know somebody say, oh, they these these the artifacts that that brought about you know all these calamities. You know, mm. Samson was strong because he had this particular hairbrush. It, it rained and flooded because Noah, you know, and Noah was safe because he had this umbrella, this, that, and the third. And in 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 some ways, no umbrella. That's funny. It's kind of funny. I hear that. <laughs> but in some ways, I feel I feel like I don't. I feel like there's there's uh, the ark in and of itself is just an object. Mm-hmm. The 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 holiness is not in the ark. But it's in God residing in the ark, mm-hmm. and I think that people, I think that people, especially back then, were able, were, were taking that for granted. You know what I mean? So it's like when you when you reach out and you try to try to do touch this, try to. It's like it is not the ark itself that you are dealing with. It it, it is God's presence in and of itself yeah. that you are dealing with here, and us sinful creatures. Remember, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all born in sin and shaped in iniquity. We cannot survive being in contact with God's holiness. You understand what I'm saying? It goes mm-hmm. even even if you go back to Moses. Moses had to look at God as he was walking away because if he had looked at God straight on, he would have died. Yes. You understand what I'm saying? You're looking at God. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like there's there's. A, a level of reverence that mm-hmm. we need to have when we're dealing with God, God's presence, and God's um, um, God's spirit d- dwelling among us. And I think that just by just by misunderstanding, not having the correct knowledge of that, you 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 
what Isaiah or Uzza was he he opened himself up to this because he wasn't able to um comprehend just what it is that he was dealing with and who it is that he was dealing with. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ain't familiar, it's a whole book on things not to do in the, in the presence of God <laughs> to, to stay alive. It's called Leviticus, you know? Mm-hmm. But, Check out all Leviticus episodes, shameless plug. <laughs> right. So I guess to wrap up this part, right? I think we identified about like seven things they did wrong. First one, they just react off a of reflex. Mm-hmm. Second one, they, they, they was like, it doesn't matter who carries the ark. Third one, it doesn't matter how the ark is carried. Mm-hmm. Kazi's point, I think they got a familiarity about the arc being around them so long, they kind of disregarded its sacredness. I think what number are you on? Like five? Or yeah, six? Five, five. I five. five. I think I ran out of points. They, no. They copied, oh, go, we'll go for it. They copied the Philistines. Copy the Philistines, number yeah. five. Six was like, and, and this, this one kind of funny too, is like, to him, the ground is less holy than my hand. Yes. So mm-hmm. surely the Lord can't touch the ground, but... He could touch my, my hand. holy hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and again, man, like it, it's it's just it's just interesting too. Like they again they lost the sacredness of the ark, and it was probably a detriment to him that the ark was around for so long that it's just the ark. It ain't the presence of God. Like you lose sight of the presence of God dwelling in this ark versus it just sitting in my house. Like yeah. it ain't in the temple, it ain't in the most of holies where it should be. Mm-hmm. It just I'd who knows? Crazy. Might be in a back room somewhere, like mm-hmm. the ark in the room, don't go in the room because y'all can't look at it. So the ark just in the room over there. And it's just been there. No one's going in the room, no one checking for it. We just know we profiting from it. Mm-hmm. But again, you don't you lost the reverence yeah. to the yes. ark. So now we are in uh yep. Yeah. We are, <laughs> we are in, ep- uh, I say episode, episode. <laughs> <laughs> So in episode 99, guys, just yeah. in case you thought. Uh, so we're in verse 8, wow. And David became angry because of the Lord's outbreak against Uzzah. And he called the name of that place Perez Uzzah to this day. And just for context, that means an outburst against Uzzah mm. to this day. And, and it's interesting that David got angry. And... And to me, this kind of shows, again, the human nature of David. But again, you just look at it in, this, in its whole context. He, he assembled 30,000 men. He assembled this big, almost a festival Fiesta, of sorts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're going to throw this big party because you know what? We're bringing the ark back into the city, guys. We're, we're going to throw a party, get the, get, the, get the band together, get the music of the, the most hip music of the day. We, mm-hmm. we, we're throwing a celebration. He break out his heart. Exactly. Oh. And oh, then he said, well, God, again, our human nature... God, he's only trying to stop it from, from, from dropping. I'm trying to do this great thing again. I am trying to do this great thing for you to bring the ark back to the city. He's stopping from dropping. You kill him. Mm-hmm. You know how disappointing that is, though, bro? Like, you, everybody just celebrating this thing. And now your boy, like, you have to deal with a death, like, by God. And the ark fall. Now we got to get this up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, hey, no one touching it. No one trying to touch that. Bro, that killed the whole day, bro. The whole day done though. Party stop. Yeah, party done, bro. Party done. And so, like, I can understand the. I don't even know what the word is. Uh, I can't understand you being mad at God, obviously. But I just, I just. He ain't un- even saw your boy dead. <laughs> real, real, real. <laughs> he, he, he worried about God in his heart. <laughs> but yeah, I can understand the 
just the weird feeling that in because like the vibe just get killed significantly and mm-hmm. you in trouble though like mm-hmm. David know he in trouble mm-hmm. on the low you know what I mean because you're the king you know what I mean if people ain't doing their job right especially in the eyes of God you have been held holding people accountable for when they were um, going against God for the for what they conceive as the greater good and it's been this is like the third episode we do on the pod back to back where people taking things into their own hearts but they feel like they doing the will of God and they feel like they, like they doing what's best for Israel and for David and for his kingdom you know what I mean? And David has been putting people in their place them two times. But this time, this this the part where David, he ain't really seeing eye to eye with God. And that make me understand kind of where David's heart is too. on on like, like the state of his heart. You know what I mean? Because David ain't probably seen nothing wrong with the way they was carrying it. You know what I mean? Everybody's singing and... I mean, he probably asked some of the same questions that, that, that we asked today. Like... The man just was trying to help right, you out. He was out. Like, trying to help. You know what I mean? What's you know, the big deal? Exactly. You know what I mean? Confused. And so in verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But David took it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Which means he's from Gath. This was a Philistine man, mm. a Gittite. Mm-hmm. Cause that's mm. up, and and even if y'all know, don't Google what a Gittite is. It was this isn't an Israelite. No Israelite. Yeah. Yeah, we know the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed Edom the Gittite for three months, and the Lord blessed Obed Edom and all his household. And again, we've seen the same thing kind of happen. That wherever the ark is, that person will be abundantly blessed. And so now we see, but David left it, left it there for three months. It wasn't like, oh, we're going to come back tomorrow and get this. It wasn't like, we're going to come back next week. It wasn't like, we're going to come back in two weeks. Right. They just leave it there for three months. Okay, we need to figure this out. Yeah. So now it was told to King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because, the ark of, because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so. When those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, then that, that he sacrificed an oxen and a fatted sheep. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. Y'all ain't getting too far. But dude, they make six steps and everybody, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, nobody dead. Nobody dead. <laughs> oh my. Um, but then it's, but it shows, and again, so think about it, like, they knew where to go to find out how to transport the ark. And so again, the question bears, why didn't y'all do this the first time? Because mm-hmm. if y'all done this the first time, ironically, Uzzah might have still been alive. Uzzah mm. would have survived. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So if it shows that y'all knew where to go to find the knowledge, y'all just was presumptuous, lack of caring, taking it for granted the first time and didn't go through these steps. My people perish for lack of knowledge or for lack of caring for that much. Because, I mean, sometimes you got to care to yeah. even go and search for the knowledge. So... Um, pardon me. So then David danced, verse 14, before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So this was a celebration again. Mm-hmm. And so now I just want to start to take a little slight turn. So now in verse 16, now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, remember how who David... Earnestly his first, asked his first for wife. his yeah. first wife. 
Ox want to get a buck from my husband. A husband mm. cry all, cry all the way. way back, and I'm not to shut that down yeah, real yeah, go quick. Back where you come from? <laughs> come here, slapping up. Yeah, you're not crying around here, bro. So Saul's daughter, she looked through the window, you know, peeping through, you know, peeping through, trying to see what's see happening a, out in the see streets. See man gyrating. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying That's on. supposed to be my thing. You know, here in the street. He got, got, got a poppy show. Poppy show. He dressed up in a linen ephod. You don't even dress like that, bro. <laughs> Hold on, even to that point. When you come back to me, they're not two more wives now. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I think it's they, they I even think it's more than that. We know. For sure. For we sure. know. Yeah. So she looks through the window and she see David leaping and whirling before the Lord. Mm-hmm. With all this mic. I never see you dance like that for me, David. Wow. Wow, David. <laughs> And you can say this for the Lord? Hey, really? Hey, hey. But let me tell you why I painted this picture of jealousy because look at what our argument is. You can get there right yeah, now. It's yep, so funny. Yep. It's telling, bro. Like, look what our argument is, you know? And my thing was telling when she said, when the Bible says, and she despised him in, in her heart. heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, like, when the Bible, because you got to pay attention to what, like, which words the Bible uses to describe certain things. We see this is like a deep-seated displeasure. Mm-hmm. One would say borderline hatred. Mm-hmm. Of what she witnessed with That's her eyes. Sick enough to see him down. Yes, like, I would. I would argue that there's it's it's ne- right next door to hatred. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Like one step over, and she hate the man. Wow, you just out here dancing. Wow. You just wow. out here dancing. crazy. And I can see it with the oh, you here dancing, right. and I up here. So they bought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place. In the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And again, just to point a point, yeah, we see David is also wearing the ephod and he's offering sacrifices and he is blessing the people again. Kind of Ooh. showing that, that symbology that we started this, that I started this episode with. The, the, ta- priest, the priest king. The priestly king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we see that imagery right here just playing out in full display. Then he distributed amongst the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both women and men, like the Bible said, making sure y'all just know all Israel here, both women and men, young and old, to everyone a loaf of bread and a piece of meat and a cake of raisins. Interesting. Interesting. We can get back to that later. Right. Interesting. <laughs> These people who like they raisin for the bread. Them hot cross buns, you know. Them hot cross buns. <laughs> I think they had no cross when I saw them. Talk about that. But that's a story for a different day. Exactly. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And guess who come out? Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David. And she said, I just imagine with, with, with a little piece of attitude. Well, how glorious was the king of Israel today, mm. uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base of the fellow shamelessly uncovers himself. Mm. The first thing she said, you was dancing in front of a woman. In front of a woman. That's the fu- that's our first thing. But let me tell you why it's so interesting to me, bro. Bro, you see this? Like, <laughs> no, let's point. consider this. Let's consider this, right? David, it means a lot. A man after God's own heart, right? Mm-hmm. I, I am fully endorsing this now because I was a skeptic as to if he was his his full life was like that, right? David comes in office only following God's commands. 
only following God's commands. And he is actually ambitious for God too because he's like, man, I am going to um, get the Ark of the Covenant back. David could have chilled. David was, was king for seven years at this point in time. He never even tried to get the Ark of the Covenant. But the minute he was king over everything, we getting this back because they trying to restore everything, right? You try to do that and because of poor leadership on your part, poor execution on Uzzah and Ohio's part, you see that God is displeased to the point where he strike Uzzah down. So now you sad because Uzzah dead. You disappointed because um, you ain't get the ark, right? And you scared because you're like, but how could we carry this ark if that's how God is acting? So the second when you all get to carry the ark, six steps, you offering sacrifices. All right, let me thank God for all of this. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's a tone for sins. We try to make sure this ark get here, right? So now you hire all of the musicians that you hired before. You know what it is? You know what it is when you set up something for the day and it have to fall through. Like, like just, just this week, I was supposed to go buy a bed from, um, from, from somebody on, on Facebook and I called my boy over truck and I said, yo, come meet me. He was coming from Poinciana, bro. I said, come meet me in Sanford. I'm going to pick up this truck. That's a drive, ladies That's a drive. That's like an hour and a half, an hour and 45, right? And so, but he live on my side of town, but he just so happened to be there. You know, it ain't like I call him. I wouldn't do that. But anyway, so I didn't know he was on that side either, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, don't, don't judge me. But anyway, when I get to see the house, to, to see the bed, it wasn't in a good condition that I think I should have bought. So I had to tell him, bro, sorry, I ain't getting this bed. You understand? Yeah. So it's like, I had to, I had to bring him to get this bed, and now we leave empty-handed, so I waste his time. You don't hire all of the all of the musicians, all of the, the the people playing every instrument, and now it's a big spill where you drop the ark. That's an elbow. So now the second time you're doing it again, you got on the ephod. When was the last time you see David off the ephod? That's when um the um when 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 he just had come back from the Philistine. Um, place and all his wife and thing to just get sto stolen. Yeah. So he asked the priest for the ephod. Mm -hmm. Let's pray and let's ask God. So David's serious right now, bro. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. David is sick, bro. Let's get this ark here, bro. I doing everything perfect and right, right. Mm -hmm. And so when he actually sees that happen, he is overwhelmed with emotion to the point where he just cannot control his body. He is so elated that he is moving and he's dancing and giving praises to God. If you are my wife, I expect you to understand where I'm coming from, right? Understand the context and the and well, mind you, he had many wives. Yeah, he, he had a good much wives. Like mm -hmm. he had a few wives. So but this is the first one. This is the first one, but we don't know what their relationship really like, right? That's true, because he was running away for a couple of years without her. Right, and she was remarried to someone mm, else, you know, and he remarried and stuff, right? But let's consider you. After all of that, I just explained. You complaining to me about dancing in front of these maid servants? As one of these base, um, uh, what did it say, shamelessly, one of these base fellows shamelessly dance and uncovers himself. Mm. That's your point? Bro, I just make things right with God for the whole country. This is going to be written in the history books. That's what you're worried about? I, and, and for the record, I am not dancing for these women. I am dancing for God. You know what I mean? Just for the record. You understand? And I just like, bro, that's why, that's why you can tell her heart ain't in the right place, bro. Like, she ain't thinking about God at all. She thinking about herself, bro. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see my man out here. But I see in your mind, there's plenty of people man at this point, bro. Like, no, I ain't even trying to be there. But why are you walking like this? You feel me? Like, why this hate in your heart for real? Why are you conducting yourself in this type of way? Um, considering that this is the Ark of the Covenant. It ain't like he's just go around dancing every day. This is the only time he ever hear about this man dancing. You feel me? And he's a performer. He's a musician. He's you know a, what I mean? He's a singer. Right? He's a poet, you feel me? You don't go around, I'm not a dancer, bro. I don't go around dancing all the time, but because of God, 
I express myself in that type of way. Mm-hmm. But she ain't see it that way. Mm. All she see is my man plus woman outside and dancing. No, 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 no. no. I got to tell him. Watch when he come home. So David probably come home excited, ready to talk about his day. And, and she, she called like, him a base up. She said, she called him a base up. She called him a base up. <laughs> for people in the Bahamas, when we say base up, I mean you a bum. That mean you a bum water, likely a bagger. All right. Mercy. So she, she probably is waiting. Curl is in the hair when he come in. She got mm. this loaded, ready. Ready. I got words she, for him. She gone over this argument multiple times in her mind before David come back. She talked herself up, like from, she was in that window. She was like, oh, I can tell, oh, I can tell him. Can she tell wasn't him. even that mad at first, but she just keep on convincing herself how bad this is over and over. We speculating, by the way. We speculating. She in her own mind now. <laughs> and she couldn't wait to give David a piece of her mind. And she expressed herself. But I love the way that David responded to her. Oh, yeah, David, get her to get her. Oh, yeah. I would like to think that was like an early response. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see how you do it, man. And David said to Michael, hey, David, get you to get her with But when David ain't on your run? No. But he stopped slapping up quick, man. Oh. I mean, so, like, so imagine how Kaz just elaborately just tell that story, right? So imagine now, uh, you didn't... But you at your highest moment. I, I come, in, I come, I come into my house to bless my house. Bro. I just had this elitic high, but we just get this back. I just bless all of Israel. Now my husband to get a special blessing. I ain't even step foot in the door, and this what you running on with? This what you talking about? <laughs> come on now. David say it was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father. Mm, bringing a daddy into it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna stop around and say, don't talk with my daddy. My, my late daddy, too. You know what I mean? Like, he down the road, bro. Like, <laughs> if I was a baser, would that make your daddy? Would that make your daddy? <laughs> I was a baser, right? <laughs> but oh, oh, God chose me over your daddy. Aunt Samuel say, I was better than you. So let's talk now. You wanted to go there? I was thinking to go there. Hey, David might have been holding this, uh, this hard for years. I didn't. Okay. Okay, that's what we're playing. That's the game. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I think Kathy was holding that in for this. Hold on. I think, hold on. He really get it that just no, no, now. This chapter, this chapter is too interesting. Oh my. It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all of his household to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. Mm, and yeah. I will be more undignified than this. And will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be I will, I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Wow. 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 Oh my. So here ends chapter six. I want I wanted to make one note. One one thing that that, that Go for it. Listen. When when David uh this going back to, to after David, you know, like started the whole celebration and was handing out the was handing out the bread mm-hmm. yeah. you know it it i i thinking about you know david being a, a king in the order of melchizedek and also jesus being in that same lineage and i was like this sounds very similar to jesus feeding the five thousand mm, and i was just does. like that's 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 that, i just thought that was interesting you know mm. like being him them being in the same order and you know having similar st- just you know similar experiences obviously jesus did it through a miracle and david was you know just being david but still <laughs> it was it was it was just an interesting little tidbit i just wanted to get out there before we move on yeah so much parallels for mm-hmm. one thing i can tell you for sure about david 
he ain't afraid to curse you, bro. Like, if you come in between him and God, like, no more. it's a wrap. See, David and Job, David and Job, bro, they wife come at them in a, such a way to try to get them to turn on God. And it ain't, I ain't going for it. You understand what I'm saying? Nah, we ain't no Job, Job to have such a weakness as David because David obviously was imperfect, right? Mm-hmm. In his domestic disputes and stuff, right? But the thing about David is, he just cursed his nephews a couple of chapters back. Like, like I think, anyway, I can't remember what they named, or Joash. No, no, what, what, what is that? No, I can't even, I can't remember, man. You remember who killed, who killed uh, Abner? Who killed Abner? The two, the two brothers who killed Abner? Uh, Joab. Joab. Joab, and there's another one. But anyway, they killed Abner. Aziel. Aziel. Can't remember, right? I played him in the skit. Right, right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right, and so, they killed, jo- Abner killed Azahel, right? And then Joab and the next brother conspired and they killed Abner. But David had a peace treaty with Abner and Abner was holding up his end of the bargain so not make David look bad, you mm-hmm. understand? And David cursed them. David cursed them before God, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Because David, I started off for righteousness, bro. That's, that's just what it is, bro. Like, I understand your feelings are hurt, you know, as a wife, you know what I mean? And I care about you, but not more than I care about God. You understand? And if you and God ain't in line, I will choose God. And I, 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 and that's and that's what you can see today. You feel me? There's another example of David just choosing God, you know, putting God first. And the fact that the fact that they gone out their way to say that she didn't have any children till the day that she died, to me, it it signifies the fact that she didn't learn from that interaction with David. You understand what I'm saying? Like she wasn't, she didn't grow from it. She didn't understand where David was coming from or she just didn't care. Like she still, she still had that um, hatred or despising in her heart for him because of whatever she saw. That, that's, that or God honored David's stance and closed her womb because of the way you acting. I mean... We could, we could. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Because I, I don't know. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I I, I reading into it a little bit. Yeah. So it, we, they, they, you could, you could interpret it how you want. I just throw in, you know, like when I read that, that was just my thought. Like mm-hmm. that's how I, that's how I would look at it when I, when I see that that happened. The fact that they gone out of their way to say, and she didn't have any more children forever and ever. Amen. Because when I read that, I say, boy, I wonder if their relationship ever was mended after this moment. You know what I mean? Like, oh. I always wonder if David just even had marital sex with her after that. Like, that's, a, like, that's another, that's another thing. David just would be like, bro, I'm not messing with I you no more. You're you, yeah. you not coming with me with this weird, this, I, this weird this, vibes. This, I'm, that's how you walked in. Like, you know what I mean? You jealous of God? I know. I know. I can say David had options, but David. <laughs> David got, hold I, on, David. So it just registered. It just registered me. David got multiple other wives, and she worried about these two. That's, two what, that's, that's what really gets me too. That's, that's what I'm saying. And like, and, and, and like that honestly got me thinking. Like, okay, so what did you have a problem with? You have a problem with how David was dressed because you you had a mansion of how he was dressed. You had a problem he was dancing in front of wives because like the argument also could be made. You was saying he debasing himself because he was a king. Why are you dressed like a king? You were here acting like a you acting like a simple man dancing before God. So like an argument also could be made that like she wasn't really she didn't care about the maid servants. She cared at how David was presenting himself in public. Like, mm. you ain't acting like a king. And that's why David was like, hold up. You're telling me I ain't acting like a king. I act like a humble man, but my, but God chose me over your daddy. 
That's why that line almost have more weight. You telling me I act like a king, but God choose me over your your whole, not only, not only your daddy, but the rest right. of your household. Right. Why are you coming at me like this, girl? Cause she she feel like she have the most she have the most qualified opinion on how a king should act because her daddy was the first one, the first king. You know what I mean? And the crazy thing is, right? She still wasn't a princess. The she couldn't have been a princess that entire time. She was yeah, like she's a princess. Cause, no, cause when I say that, like she couldn't have been no, born a princess. Like, no, 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 no. That's she's what I'm yeah, trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So it didn't. It, I mean, yeah, you buck up. You, you buck up into that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you buck up into that. So it's like you, you. It didn't. It didn't like you. You, you born knowing what, 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 what it's like to be royalty. So it's like. But our people still have money too, though. I mean, I'm I saying. Think, I can't Regardless, regardless. I might be mixing up stuff. Regardless, at the end of the day, my thing is, she, she, she. May have been high and mighty, like like how you saying, you know, she may have had hatred in her heart, like maybe how I reading into it, or she she just might have been, you know, closed off for 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 David. But regardless of what it is, she did not come around. Yeah, she yeah she she did she not died, come around. She died without children. Exactly, and I, I I think that was that was a blessing that was taken away from her because she didn't come around. So. I guess kind of like we know we kind of on that part end, but like so, what was any was what was y'all two's like takeaways from this chapter? Because I feel like a lot of like hot chapter two different arcs you could pull from all two arcs, but like what was y'all biggest takeaways from this chapter? Well, I think for me, the biggest thing is when you when you propose to 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 be a, a follower of God or somebody who is supposed to be, uh, uh, you know, listening and hearing God's word, you need to follow through with everything that God is saying. You understand what I'm saying? It is not enough to, for example, read the Bible and say, oh, I know what the Bible say, mm. and then turn around and do exactly what the Bible say not to do. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So it, it it's very important this concept of reading and doing, hearing and obeying. You know what I mean? That is the biggest takeaway for me. And that and 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 the 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 lack thereof can be detrimental to your health. Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because if you was to read the book, you would know this would be detrimental. But we see, and it's always be two brothers, you know. But it's two brother theme. I don't know if y'all realize this, bro. I don't know if y'all realize this, bro. From Numbers, I think it might have been Numbers 11 or Numbers 14 or something. But Nadab and Abayu, the sons of um, Aaron, they get burned up because they use unauthorized fire. You know, and God say, God make a point to say, hey, hey, be sober when y'all doing these sacrifices, hey. You know what I mean? Please. Like, please be sober. I wonder why he would say that, obviously, because... Someone wasn't so behind getting Someone had the that. fruit of the, 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 the liquid of the vine in them. Yeah. Yeah. And so now we have Hophni and Phinehas, the oh. sons of Eli. But you see how all of this connected, right? So we have the, the, the Levitical, the, the, the first sons of the Levites. Because Aaron was when, it was during Moses and Aaron time, and God established the Levitical line mm-hmm. and, and all of their duties, right? So the first sons, right, to, to go down is Hophni and Phinehas, right? Then we got, no, I mean, Nadab and Abayu. Then Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they decide they're going to take the Ark of the Covenant into battle, right? And now, you know, they get taken away, blah, 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 blah. And I was in the house of Abinadab. Abinadab sent his two sons, boy. 
Mistake number three. You know, I ain't said that's a mistake, but obviously that didn't end well because we have two sons. And the, the, the theme here is that we have people who take in matters into their own hands. No pun intended because that was why Elsa died, bro. I know you was gonna laugh, right? I, it was right there, bro, but I didn't really mean to do it. But he take matters into resist. his own hands. Bro, bro, he take matters into his own hands. It's crazy, bro. It's like blowing my mind right now. But... That's that, that. That's the part was so was so um, mind boggling to me, or like just so interesting to me in this because the prospect of putting it on your shoulders before the part we was wondering, oh, were they descendants of Levites? Why didn't like why? You know what I'm saying? Like, I assume that yes, they were descendants of Levites. The fuck of them, um, I'm talking about um, Ohio and Uzza right now. But the fuck of them out is do not touch no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. You understand? That's the command. Do not touch it. You feel me? And so. Hell, this used to really bother me. This used to, just like David, this used to bother me to think that God killed this man who was trying to help him. I don't know. That don't make sense to me, bro. You killed someone who tried to help. How is that not repaying evil for good? You know? Until you realize the context behind it. This man put himself in this position for this thing to fall because he put this on this card. If this was on your shoulder, bro, y'all would have so much better control, bro. That's not how he could fall, first of all, if it's on your shoulder with two poles, bro. Mm-hmm. How he could fall? He could break your neck before it fall. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, for real, how is it going to fall? You know? Um, and so my thing is, y'all put yourself in this position when y'all, just because of y'all presumption or y'all saying that I, my, my way is an efficient way, even if you don't think it's better than God, this is good enough. That's where y'all going wrong because this was too too extreme of a matter for y'all to think like that. And because y'all did this, y'all make it more likely for it to fall. And so now it's a cascade. And now that it's fall, you you presuming again, I should catch this or catching this is the right thing to do. Or it might have just been a reflex. It could have been a reflex, but it's a costly error. It was a costly mistake. And he paid a price for that, you know? And so the shoulders thing... That's that's so crucial because I didn't even I didn't even know that. Just to be honest with you, I, I didn't really put that two and two together with that, you know. And so obedience is better than sacrifice. Once again, how much times we how much times we gotta how much times we gotta go over mm-hmm. that point? It's the truth. Obedience is better than sacrifice. There's some things that God literally say to do. I was just talking to my cousin last week. This really bothered me. Did we record last week? No, we no, did right? not. And I'm glad, bro. I don't think I'd have been in a good mindset to record because. My cousin was trying to show me his relationship with God is solid enough. He don't got to read the Bible no more. I just pray every day. I just pray every day. And i like, but if you don't read the Bible, you don't know the things what God don't want you to do. You know what I mean? And he asking me questions and I answering them, but it ain't, it ain't enough for him. I giving him literal answers, bro. And I showing him Bible. This, the, this is the answer, but he's ain't even things up for interpretation, bro. This is quite literally the answer, but dying it for him. You understand what I'm saying? He telling me, oh, you know, Love your neighbor as yourself. I, I know I know Muslims who's love their neighbor like they self better than better than Christians is, is love their neighbor as they self. I say, but I say, but they can can't love God with all their heart, bro. You can't love God if you don't know God, no don't know how to love God, bro. That's what I'm trying to show him, but he ain't wanna read the book. He don't wanna read the book, bro. That's that's just and, and my thing is we looking at us, bro. This was what happened when people presume, bro. I think that me and God will be better off without me reading and learning about him than with me reading. I am like, this is what is being articulated to me by him. I feel like our relationship going to be strong and stronger. Me just praying every day, praying every day. It's not what God says though, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Bro, study the, study, um, study the show thyself approved. 
hide these words in my hide these things in my heart so that you may not sin, sin against, against God. Me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hide these things in your heart so that you may not sin against me. You understand? Write these on your for, uh, 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 write these on your doorposts. Um, when when you talk this Shammai thing, I think it's mm-hmm. Deuteronomy five, Deuteronomy six. It's the one Shema, of the two, yeah. right? Um, write it on your doorposts. Write it on your ribs. All of these things they talk about the law. You feel me? And my thing is like it's so dangerous, bro. It's so dangerous. You know, like how they say, curiosity kill the cattle. Curiosity salt the snail. Presumption kill us, bro. You understand what I'm saying? Like presumption kill plenty of people, bro. And not even a physical death. I mean, sometimes, but. It's gonna be an eternal debt because mm-hmm. you presume I know enough, bro. But how you know enough, bro? Think about where you get this enough from, bro. Was it from God? You know? And so like that's 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 what I see in with us, bro. And I feel like that's that's something that everybody needs to understand. But we ain't in control of none of this, bro. How are we qualified, bro? How are we smart enough, bro? I don't I don't step on any point. You you want to be. I mean, you can keep going. I mean, like so for me, my point was really like because it's tied the two together and got to follow this act. But again, it kind of ties into my point. Like when you're dealing with God, leave your pride at the door because we put a lot of blame on Azza just now. And I mean, it's rightfully so, but think about it in my, in my perspective too, we ain't really put that much blame on David, but it was David's whole plan to throw this big festival that he oversought that maybe I should instruct these guys on how this act should be transported. You are the king. This is your plan. This is your festivities. You were just thinking about how glorious this would be an act for you to display. Again, almost the same thing. I'm doing this for God. But almost to Kazi's point, when he's talking about earlier, like this is going to be in the history books. David brought the ark back into the city of Jerusalem. It was almost like a prideful thing. We, I don't gather these 30,000 men. You only had two carrying the ark. So everybody else was just here to party and play the cymbals and... And watch. Turn up and watch. Watch the y'all come back into the city. 30,000 people, David, really? You don't need that much. So this this was David's throwing a great party, but he forget the most important part. The most important part wasn't the ark just coming into the city. It's like, bro, we're bringing the presence of God back, and this deserves to be reverence. This deserves to be handled in a certain way, but David didn't didn't care about that. Uh, Take him three months after that, get things right, to be like, oh, this is how we really should be doing it. But if you had this in the forefront of your mind, Uzzah wouldn't have died. Even before, yeah, they should have known how to transport it, but this was David's idea because, quite honestly, David was king in Hebron for seven years already. He ain't sent for a dark then. Mm-hmm. And even though you're coming in Jerusalem now, just you sending this would have, been, this would have still been chilling in a bend house if you never sent for it. So this your grand plan. And then even to Michael, check your pride at the door when you're dealing with God. Because now you all pride for like, oh, my mind doing this, my mind doing this, but he doing this for God. You know what I'm saying? You see David say, bro, I will humble myself before God no matter what. This ain't no what I doing. The people that made sermons you talking about, bro, they honor me. You know what I'm saying? Like they, I'm their king. Mm-hmm. I'm your king. I brought the ark back in the city again. We seeing the I part of it, but like, yo, I just did this great thing. But you have a problem with this small, insignificant part. You ain't even worrying about all the stuff that just happened. Check your pride at the door. You're dealing with God. These are things that you should be, as a people, we got to understand. We need to check our pride at the door when we're dealing with God because when you have your pride, that's when you start leaning into your own understanding. That's when you start thinking you know best. You start thinking you could help God. That's when you start thinking these things aren't as important as they are, but then you start missing the small, minute details and it very well could cost your life. Back to your point with your cousin, like, man, the small things you start is your pride. I don't need to read the Bible no more. Why? How you get pride. to that? You get to your own understanding. Did you and, break down everything to me in the I, Bible? And like not even throwing no shade, right? But like 
when we when we look at the people who went to heaven without without dying, we know Moses still get down for the fuck, but Moses really was walking and talking with God literally every day. But we see um, Enoch. Enoch. They say Enoch would go away for like seasons and just spend with God, just studying, studying, and so that intent level of studying. Then he lied. Ja, 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 right, yeah. bro. This man was a phenomenal prophet. Like this man was super close with God. You know what I'm saying? And like mm-hmm. to get to that, to get to that level, was it Elijah or Elisha? One of them, anyway, right? But it was like it, it, I remember the story in the Bible. We ain't get to this yet. And who knows when we gonna get to this, right? But the enemies were attacking, and the and and the and like the king was trying to figure out, like, yo, how how Israel keep on figuring out our plans? Because Elijah was just like, prophesying, telling me, yo, they about to do this, they about to do this, right? And they said, yo, let's go, let's go, let's go attack him, let's go kill him, right? So it was like his servant was coming out and say, yo, Elijah. They come in. Why you ain't scared? And he and all he say is, God, let him see. Hmm. As soon as God opens up the servant's eyes, all he sees the army angels surrounding them. Hmm. And he was like, Whoa, we're really protected. Like, I said, I ain't worrying. They all these people they can't do nothing, but you have to get to that point. You have to check your pride to duck. It's the minute you think you know everything about God, on is the minute you at your you at you are at your most vulnerable to Satan. Hmm. Adam and Eve. Again, I know I gonna land this plane soon, but Adam and Eve. Eve didn't think she would have gotten caught by the enemy because you think you know what, you, what you're going to expect. And at that point, the devil said, okay, you know, you, you already think you know what you're about to expect. You're leaning on your own understanding at this point. You ain't worried about God. You're already so filled with I and your pride. I can, I can almost let you fall for anything. And so, yeah, man, when we start dealing with matters of God, even, even when we think it's to bring glory and honor to God, we really have to go back and say, yo, is God really at the forefront of what I'm doing right now? And you really have to search your heart. And that's and like honestly, like, this part has humbled me so much in like just matters of God. Like, because like when you're doing something like this, it's like it's, it's like it's the devil could use just like, yo, I have to get my point out. I have to do this, I have to do that. But God's like, nah, man, like what's like what's the greater purpose right here? You're trying to reach people, you're trying to talk about my love, my goodness, my peace, my hope, my joy. So sometimes you really got to just humble yourself because you got to remember, like, for me personally, like, yo, this whole thing is for God. Like, anytime someone comes and say, yo, you and Kaz do a good job. Oh, I like your point. I say, no, 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 bro. It ain't me, bro. It's all God. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to give God, like, so much credit for this podcast because I know, like, the blessing is had on me and my own personal walk with God, man. Like, it forces me to read the, even, even I don't read the Bible for myself, bro. Mm-hmm. It forces me to read the Bible. It forces me to study. It forces me to get a better understanding just so I can come about it and talk about people because like I take it so much more serious because I feel like, man, when you're talking about God to other people, especially in this type of platform, I, I, I may tell guys this before, we talk about this a lot, like, yo, God's going to hold us accountable for whatever we say, man. So like, I can't come on this part just leaning on my own understanding, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, we have to sleep at the beginning of the podcast. It reflects the parties involved. We encourage you to use this as a conversational tone to, to further studies of your own. But in reality, we don't, we, we say it as a disclaimer, right? But like, no, but we still study. We don't use it as an excuse to just come on here and say anything. Yo, we literally study, we read, we try to come on this tip-top shape. We tell our guests ahead of time, like, hey, this is what we're going to be talking about so they can come in with the knowledge of the topic. Just so when we come on this platform, we actually can talk from a slight place of knowledge about God. Because again, we got to leave our pride at the door. I can't just say, oh, I know, I know the story of David and Goliath. I can come on there and talk because mm-hmm. there's some things I'm... Bro, you know how much of these stories, like, I have to go dig deeper and just find out new stuff? And not even, just because I literally 
just heard about it in on in in Sabbath school or on Veggie Tales or TBN or Three ABN, and man, we point out a lot of these stories. We just don't know the truth. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you say like, that that happened for real. Like, and then we start getting the little nuances, the little oh, Machizel deck. Oh, we seeing how Machizel deck actually come through David. Oh, Jesus and. And you're starting to put the pieces together and you actually start to see the, like, all these puzzle pieces that you never connect from church. You never connect from hearing on TV. You never connect from anything else. Start coming together. And that's the power of reading the Bible for yourself and checking your pride at, your, at the door. Sorry, I felt like I was all over the place. But yeah, man, like, that's, that's, that's the importance of it, man. Like, when you're doing stuff for God, you got to make yourself be lesser. You got to put God at the forefront. And no matter how big your intentions are, Oh God, I'm just doing this so the ark doesn't fall. God's saying, like, the, like ever since we came across this line in 1 Samuel, is obedience not better than sacrifice? God wants us to be obedient to him. He calls for us to be obedient. And that obedience literally means sacrificing what you think you what you think is best and following what God knows is best. The Ark of the Covenant has returned to Israel. It had spent the past 20 years with Abinadar's family. And after one failed attempt, it is now in the city of David. But there's just one problem. Where is David going to keep the Ark? We'll talk about that when we continue this story on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Ayana Abrasingay, as well as your host, Nakazge. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B O F A P O D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.